Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 68 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and before we jump into today's interview with my good friend, Sierra, I want to give you guys an update on what all is going on over on my end of the podcast. So if you have been around for any period of time, then you know that last year, uh, towards the end of the year, I was working on a home birth, childbirth education course. So childbirth education specifically for moms who are planning to have a home birth. Now, I was working on this towards the end of the year, but then at the end, I kind of stopped working on it and realized I needed to take a breather from it. Well, it is back and I am nearing the end of completion of this course. So all the curriculum is done, all the information, I'm just formatting it. So all the technical stuff that I'm not super great at, but that being the case, I am trying to get it done within like the next two weeks. And I feel really called to get this out here now just because so many moms are now turning to home birth. And, you know, I wanted this for mothers who wanted home birth anyway, but now with such an influx and the population of moms who weren't expecting to do this recently and now are changing their minds, many of them are well into their pregnancies, I feel like this is such a needed resource. So if that's you, or if you are just a home birth mom that has known from day one that that's what you wanted to do and you want childbirth education specifically for you, this course is going to be your thing. Before it launches in the next few weeks, I'm not putting a specific date on it just because I don't want to catch myself up and then be stuck. But before it launches, I actually just uploaded or started, I don't really know the right word for it. I just started a group on Facebook. So it's a happy home birth pop-up group. This group will be active until that course launches. So it'll be up for a few weeks and that is where you should go if you are an avid happy home birth fan, if you've had a home birth in the past and would like to be there to support other moms, or if you are planning to have a home birth in the future and you want support right now, that is where you should go. So it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash happy home birth pop up. No dashes or anything like that. And that is where I will be hanging out every day, answering questions. I am really hoping that this can be a nice little bridge for moms who are kind of nervous right now and wanting to get their hands on some information. So if you guys could all go join that group Wouldn't it be so amazing to be able to be a support system for one another? Thank you for doing that. I don't know if you can hear my daughter talking in the background, but you probably can. Anyway, so with all of that being said, I would like to give a big thank you to my reviewer of the week, and that is Amanda, MSW. PMHC, who says, so inspirational. I absolutely love this gorgeous podcast. It's an amazing way for women to hear positive and encouraging true stories of women choosing how they want to birth. I could listen all day. Caitlin is so kind and down to earth, and the stories are so varied and exciting. I love home birth, and I love this podcast. Thank you, Amanda. Will you please email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com? I will send you a happy home birth podcast sticker 
It probably will take a while just with the way the mail is right now, but I will be sending it your way. Thank you guys so much for posting reviews. It really helps the podcast be found. It also makes my day, (laughs) makes my heart so happy when I see a new one. So thank you all of you who have taken the time to do that. In the same vein, if you wouldn't mind taking a screenshot of you listening to the podcast right now and uploading it to your Instagram stories, tagging happy home birth podcast, maybe a little hashtag give birth on your turf. And that is something that I love to see as well. You know that I love to share that in my story. So please keep those coming. Once again, it just makes my day. Okay, so that's all that we've got going on. That was a whole bunch of stuff. I hope I didn't skip over too much and I hope I remembered everything. And now let's turn our attention to today's interview with, as I said, my good friend, Sierra. Sierra actually had her third birth with the midwife that I was apprenticing under at the time. So I was able to be a part of that. So it was kind of fun to go back and listen to her story from her perspective and kind of remember where I was and what I was feeling during all of this. So Let's please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. Neither one of us are acting as medical professionals. So please continue to see your doctor, your midwife, or if you are like me, your chiropractor. Oh, and Sierra too, because we see the same chiropractor. Okay, let's go. Sierra, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm super excited to have you. And this is a little special for me since I actually was sort of at one of your births. There's a lot of sort of. Sort of. (laughs) Technically, I was there. I think I was in the driveway, but that's fine. Um, We were all there. Yeah. We weren't there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which I can't wait to get to that. But before we do all of that, I would love for you to just start by introducing yourself to the listeners. Oh, okay. Well, hey, everybody. Um, Like Caitlin said, my name is Sierra. I am in upstate South Carolina. We've lived here going on about going on six years now. And, um, I am a mom to three wonderful, exuberant, adventurous, uh, beautiful daughters. And they, oh my goodness, they sun up to sundown. They keep me on my toes, which is wonderful. Um, and keeping me young, keeping me young. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I, um, we're a homeschooling family. Um, we're in our first kindergarten year. We go to a co-op. Um, we're not to, you know, the cliche crunchy kind of people, but you know, uh, we're along those lines. My husband's a public school teacher and uh, he teaches math and science. Um, which is ironic being a homeschool family when you <laughs> when parents a public educator. Um, but it brings good perspective to our family. Um, I am also a La Leche League leader. If any of the listeners are familiar with La Leche League and um, it's an international organization. So I am a breastfeeding, chest feeding support person. And um, I, that's my passion. I love helping, um, parents, nursing persons, and babies, and supporting them along those journeys from pregnancy to weaning and beyond. Um, Nursing encompasses so much of our parenting and uh, something that you really begin to see once you're 
in it, um, you know, birth is wonderful, but that is one of the relationships that lasts the longest. And I'm eternally thankful for the families that that has brought into my life and the families I've been able to help. Um, and yeah, that kind of sums me up. I would think. Yeah, that is, yeah, the Leche League is phenomenal. And you have some really great breastfeeding stuff for us to talk about. I just, I remember when I met you, you were, you were in the thick of the breastfeeding. You were, (laughs) there was tandem nursing going on. You were pregnant. It was all kinds of cool stuff. So we will have to jump into that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I would love for you to just kind of start by walking us through your journey. What has your, what was the beginning of your motherhood experience like? Yeah. So my motherhood experiences um, really encompass uh, almost a a wide range, I guess I should say. Um, So my daughters are almost six. One, my oldest will be six in March four and two. Um, however, that is not our only child. And, um, so, um, in the winter of the end of 2012, my husband was on a deployment. He was going to be coming home in December and we had been married, uh, I guess about a year and a half at that point. And we started discussing starting a family and what that would look like for us. And um, my background is also child development. So I felt pretty confident that we could be parents, Um, which I mean, if we, good thing we all feel confident because that's why we do it. (laughs) It's the the humility that we get from becoming parents. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he came home from his deployment the beginning of December of 2012. And we were like, all right, we'll kind of see what happens. And um, boom, I, by J- by January of 2013, I was pregnant. Wow. And I remember, I mean, I was an every 30 days kind of gal. So when three days passed happened, I was like, oh, this was in February. I was like, I think I might be pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, I think you must be too. I mean, cause he even knew, I mean, we had been charting for a while and just kind of getting more acquainted with fertility and trying to become more aware. And um, so Lo and behold, and if you know my husband, <laughs> you will know that, of course, he um, looked up for a coupon for a pregnancy test. He had to make sure that he was going to get a deal. Um, <laughs> he has since said he wished he had bought stock in first response because that's my go-to. Um, he's like, I feel like I should be getting return on this money at some point. Um, so he did. He maybe we both went, I think our apartment, we lived like right down the street from a grocery store. So we went, picked up a test, came back home and we somehow started this tradition of taking turns of who gets to read the test. Um, so I went in there and took a pregnancy test and he was like, I want to read it first. I want to read it first. And, uh, which is sweet to, you know, sometimes be told like you are pregnant. Um, and so I went back out to our living room and, um, and he walked back in and he was like, what do you think? I was like, just tell me. And, uh, he's like, you're pregnant and just complete elation. I mean, we were screaming and crying and laughing and just like, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Um, so 
positive tests and, you know, move forward at the, so he was in the Marine Corps. We were, he was stationed on Camp Pendleton. So call the Naval Hospital and I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm ready, you know, to start my care. Didn't think much of what kind of care I would be getting. Um, just in my, at the time, allopathic mindset was like, oh, you just go get an OB and that's what you do. Um, so we did. And I, we had our first appointment and we had an ultrasound and we got to see our little baby and we were just like, okay. And, um, this is wonderful. And that pregnancy, I was very sick, not, um, not HG kind of sick, but just, just this like, oh man, this is like, gosh, how do people do this? Um, very nauseated, uh, color wasn't really great. Um, but still, you know, basking in the glory of being pregnant. And, um, I think our first OB visit was around eight weeks and she was like, all right, looks great. Um, you know, and she was like, you know, we're closing out that window of the first trimester, you know, things can still happen. And, um, we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so fast forward, we had announced our pregnancy, you know, I hit the 12 week mark and we're like, okay, we're, you know, air quotes safe. We can share this wonderful news. And around 14 weeks, I was getting ready for work and noticed some spotting, not bright red spotting. Um, my husband happened to be home that day. And I was like, gosh, this just doesn't, I don't think this is normal. So on my way to work, I call the Naval Hospital and um, one of the corpsmen was like, we want you to just like, go ahead and come in. Like, let's just get, let's just check everything out. So we go in, I, I go to, I leave work. I call my husband and I was like, well, just meet me there. And, um, and he does, and we go sit in and they're like, okay, you know, let's get a urine sample. Um, so it gave that, go into a clinic room and um, my OB was not available. And another OB came in and, um, and she's like, well, let's get a look at baby. You know, you're far enough along. Abdominal should, should pick up. And I'm like, okay. Um, so we go for an abdominal ultrasound. She was like, mm, maybe baby's in a wonky position. Let's try um, internally. And we did that. And it showed that our, um, that our baby had left us around 10 weeks. And so it's considered a mis miscarriage. My body had continued the pregnancy. And um, as a young couple, you have to think, you know, we spent a lot of time apart through the beginning years of our marriage mm -hmm. and our whole relationship. And um, so a lot of our marriage in those years was catching up and, you know, we we're still wonderfully connected even then, but even as young as we were and not familiar with what miscarriage looked like, that was a, I mean, it was devastating to us. We just, and we were alone. Our family wasn't in California. Um, so to make those phone calls, you know, going home together and just, but what I, but beauty in this is here, you know, this woman, this obstetrician who I'd never laid eyes on before, um, when, she, you know, she tells us that our baby has left us, um, just, and now the older that I've, you know, the more that I've matured in this the sisterhood of women. I mean, she just immediately grabbed me and held me as I cried and brought my husband into the hug. And it was, I mean, I'm sure that's, you know, as a, um, 
woman's care provider, that is something she's familiar with, but just the compassion that she showed us in this awful moment in our lives. Um, I really and truly thank her. And actually since this, there's a now a midwife in our area who was at Camp Pendleton at that time and knew my OB. Wow. I met her recently and I was like, do you know so-and-so? And she's like, yeah, I trained with her. Oh and my um, I know it, it's wild. And I met her at a birth, um, at my friend's birth. And I was just like, whoa, the world is so small. Um, but yeah, and she's, she's a wonderful um, care provider. So we went home and she told us, she was like, you know, listen, let's come back tomorrow. Let's, you know, we'll do a radiology ultrasound. We'll get a look and just be absolutely sure before we make any further decisions. And I, you know, am in debt with gratitude to this woman for not rushing me to medicalize it. Um, because I was able to go home and you'd think this was seven years ago. There weren't as many resources online as there are now about right. what that looks like, um, miscarrying and what the process is. And we got home that evening and tried to read up the best we can we could. Blogs weren't so much of a thing then. I mean they were, but it just, you know, anyways. Um so the 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 good thing is once my head knew, my body was able to begin the process. And, right. um, and what I have come to acknowledge from this, um, and it was very difficult. I, um, was a, you know, miscarrying began and what I've acknowledged in a lot of, um, research about trauma and what that looks like for people. And in the relation of pregnancy and birth is that, um, I've better started, I've started to better accept that that was a birth. I do consider that a birth now in, in my, um, history, I guess I should mm -hmm. say. Um, so that was, that was, I guess about a few months ago, actually, that I was like, wow, um, that really was a birth. And it was, it was very difficult to be home and alone and only with your partner and, um, not knowing what that looks like. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking to watch my husband that when I woke up with contractions, um, I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. And we realized that we had birthed our baby. And, um, you know, he was a Marine at the time, you know, kind of just a, he's still a very soft person. Um, but you know, in a very mindset of like, I have a job to do, this is what I do. And I just watched him, I mean, literally crumble to the floor. And he was just like, why is this happening to us? And, um, and it's not anybody's fault. Um, it does happen. And the, the biggest thing that for, you know, anybody listening and a takeaway from that is when someone decides to share their experience with you is simply hold the space. You know, we don't have to give those replies of, well, at least, you know, you can get pregnant, you know, the, right. the at least are, they're so painful to the grieving parent and person. And, um, you know, just sitting there listening, saying, wow, that was so hard. And I am so sorry. And letting them tell their story, you know, every story deserves to be heard, no matter what it looks like or comes out like, and um, just honor that for them. I mean, really, and truly, it does so much um, to not negate or you can have another baby. Um, you know, we, we all know that and we hear it and, you know, we're going to get that. But any little bit of that is just listen and honor that for those um, 
or whoever that is. Um, well, and in that vein, Sierra, I, I'm so grateful for you for sharing this with the listeners, many of whom I know have experienced something like this just statistically. Yeah. You know, statistically, so many moms listening to this have been where you have been and have, I'm sure many of that percentage have not felt comfortable or validated or have not been able to even recognize that their, their own situation, you know, and, and so for you to come on and to express what that situation was for you and to say, yes, this was a birth, this was a baby and it hurts that this happened is huge. And I'm so grateful for you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, it is, I mean, it took, um, I don't, I can't remember if it was T.S. Eliot or not. I'm blanking. Um, but a famous author poet had said that grief is like a spiral, you know, as the, as the bands widen it, you know, it, over time it becomes, you know, you walk with it and it weaves into your life. And um, I mean, even going on almost seven years later, I mean, there are just times that, you know, the wave just washes over me of thinking about it. And, um, but the bet, and I, and I will give a shout out to, um, at the time, stillbirthday.com was kind of new. Um, but that was an incredible resource for me of just looking through later, um, bereavement doulas, they are there. I mean, you, you do not have to walk it alone. And the support is so critical afterwards because even if other people aren't going to tell it to you, being able to narrate your own story, the way that works for you, um, is just part of the healing. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, we, you know, sometimes we don't want to give it attention because it's honestly a part of our survival, but Mm -hmm. however it comes up later on, you know, it's okay to honor that and honor that that was a pregnancy. That was a life for you. And it, and it mattered. And, um, yeah. So, um, so that was April, 2013. And we were like, okay, you know, we'll wait a little while before getting pregnant again, because we have just experienced this incredibly traumatic moment in our lives. And it was kind of up in the air if my husband Tom was going to stay in the Marine Corps or not, you know, what did that transition look for us, look like for us? He was up coming up on, will he get out? Will he reenlist? Will he pick a different job in the Marine Corps? And, um, it was around, I think I started charting again, probably May and June. I'm like, okay, you know, let's just keep, excuse me, doing what we're doing. And June came, June of 2013. Yeah. And I, it had been my birthday, woot, <laughs> and um, I was still charting. I was I my body. About this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Lillian, you did not give me a birthday, twin. It's okay, it's okay though. Um, so, anyways, and a few days later, I'm you know I'm charting. My cycle hadn't quite regulated back to my every thirty days again, and I'm charting and I'm watching the temp go up and my temperature elevate, and I was just like. <gasps> Okay. Um, sorry, that would have been in July. Yeah. Um, so our anniversary is July 2nd and we had gone out to dinner 
because you know a couple days ago I'm watching my temperature go up and I was like oh I think I know what that means um so we're talking not very long after losing um our first baby whose name is Casey um we did decide to name our baby and um I'm like oh man um so we had gone out to dinner and um after dinner we wound up in an Albertsons it's a grocery store and uh Oh, is that a grocery store? I feel like <laughs> so. Uh, Tom was buying. So we got married close to July Fourth weekend, and the Marine Corps always gives a four day weekend for July Fourth. And uh, so he's like, "I got four days off. I'm buying some PBR. Like I'm hanging out for a few days." And he's going to you know, <laughs> grab his beverages, and finds me in the pregnancy test aisle, and he was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I think I'm pregnant." And uh, he was like, no, I'm like, no, for real. I was like, my temp's going up. And he was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. So we look at it and he goes, well, get EPT. Like I've heard of that name at least. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So here we are, we're buying beer and a pregnancy test. Very nice. Yes. Very real classy. classy. Yes. <laughs> Bring in the class. And um, so we go home and we you know take the test and we decided this time we would read together um because i think this is only a couple months after our loss and um and we look at it and this will also speak to those who have experienced a pregnancy after a loss and you know you think our first and time learning was just complete jubilation we were just through the moon um and we looked at the test and it was positive and this time was a okay, it's positive. Like we just, we went into survival mode and that is how Olivia's pregnancy went for me. And again, I sought OB care and, um, you know, it was, it was definitely an anxiety filled pregnancy of just every moment, like what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Um, which that deserves honoring too, that, you know, honor the space that you're in with a pregnancy following a loss, because it can be very difficult. And especially finding a care provider who will support you through that, I think is now something I would have chosen a little bit better. Um, so we did. And I, I mean, I had a pretty average pregnancy, not nearly as sick as Casey's and just felt more like, okay, I can do this. Um, I had a job that I was pretty active and moved around a lot. So that was really beneficial. Um, well, then throughout the course of my pregnancy with Olivia, we did find out we were having a girl. I just, I was dying to know. And um, of course, it was over the moon for a baby girl. And during that time, Tom had decided that he would um, leave the Marine Corps. He got accepted into a Clemson's grad school program for um, arts and teaching. And we were like, okay, we're going to do this. Big transition. Oh, wait, I'm big and pregnant. Um, <laughs> So he wouldn't be starting. So we're coming into the end of 2013 and he would not be starting till the fall of 2014. So I'm like, well, do we stay here in California and have the baby here? You know, where do we go in the interim period? Um, and we made the choice to move to Kentucky where his family was. So I transferred um, my care at 32 weeks, um, mm -hmm. which... Yeah, I don't recommend <laughs> in hindsight. And I went from having one OB who I did choose the OB who was with us um, when we lost Casey. Um, 
because she was just wonderful and she definitely validated my concerns and listened to me still you know short kind of ob visits that you get and um so we moved and then i was on a dash to meet six ob's in this practice and wouldn't you know it <laughs> the one i did not meet would be the one there for Olivia's birth, of course. Okay. And, uh, perfect. Yeah, what perfect. you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it was funny. I thought I wanted one particular OB. And when I was going in in labor, this nurse was like, oh, you do not want him. He is no. not. And I was like, oh, really? And she was like, oh, no, you're going to dodge a bullet with that. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, yeah. I was like, well, thanks for the insider tip. Um, <laughs> so, um the doctor ended up being a very sweet man. There were parts of Olivia's birth um, that were difficult. When I went in, I was in active labor. Um, you know, it was that atypical first birth, long, long labor. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, which the hospital birth class does not tell you about everybody. Um, so find a solid child birth education course. That is right. Um, I hear there's one in the, I hear there's one, like a happy home birth one. There's uh, one in the making. It's, there's it's one little, in the making. It took a little break. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully um, by the time this episode's coming out, they right? probably a little closer. <laughs> little bit by little bit. Um, so I was in active labor, did not realize what transition looked like. And, um, I hit transition I decided, I was like, I can do no more of this. This is exhausting. And I was like, we will have one baby. I will never have another baby after this. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> I have two wrong. more. I was wrong. Um, and I opted for an epidural. And I can tell you, in later on learning in a good childbirth education course, I had every single one of the cascade of interventions minus a cesarean um, where slowed down my labor. I mean, I did have that, like the relaxation of, okay, I'm going to go to sleep now. Um, but a blood pressure was crazy. Um, heart rate all over the place. I, um, I, I mean, I pushed for close to five hours with her and that is, turns out that is not ideal. Um, and it was, so it was a, it was a very difficult birth and, you know, coming off of a hard pregnancy, um, However, you know, seeing my baby afterwards, which this is not a, all that matters is a healthy mom and healthy baby. Um, mm -hmm. But that was like, okay, my baby's here, you know, right. especially a baby after a loss. It was just stunned. I was just like, kind of like, oh my gosh, she's actually here. Like I was in disbelief. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so she was born March 11th, 2014. It snowed in Kentucky the day she was born and I am from Florida. And I was just like, oh my word, there's snow out there. What? Is um, <laughs> so I'd love to tell her that because she loves the snow. And I'm like, well, it snowed the day you were born. So no wonder. Um, meanwhile, mom is tucked away with slippers and a cardigan on. Um, <laughs> but um, so yeah, and I, um, let's see, she was, she was also a forceps birth, which was really hard. Um, don't recommend that. So. Wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Wouldn't, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go a one out of 10. Uh, yeah. And we actually ended up with a NICU stay, um, for jaundice and I, um, breastfeeding was hard. Like who did that girl teach me something about breastfeeding, which we later learned when she was four that she had a posterior tongue tie. So that explained <laughs> a lot about her journey. It was like the puzzle pieces just fit in. Um, but I, you know, after coming off of this very difficult birth, I was like, I've come 
hell or high water, I am nursing this baby. And, um, and we did for three years. Um, it worked. It worked. Um, so fast forward to, we moved down to South Carolina. You know, we had this wonderful, beautiful blonde hair, blue eyed baby. He looks just like me, I will say. Um, <laughs> he does. And, um, so we moved down to South Carolina. It was, um, uh, let's see. We we started talking about around January-ish, like, well, you know, do we think we'll have another baby? When will that be? Um, Olivia wasn't quite one yet. Um, needless to say, we weren't preventing it um, because in March, I think it was like March 7th, like the day before I ran my first 5k after having Olivia and the next day I took a test and I was pregnant. <laughs> I was just like, lo and behold, um, this one I kind of snuck though. I didn't do the rule of taking Ooh. turns reading. Like I got up in the morning and then I crawled back into bed and I was like, we're going to have a baby. And Tom just looked at me like, it, it's like, it wasn't your turn. <laughs> um, and it was sweet because my aunt happened to be in town to celebrate early Olivia's first birthday. And I wrote on a piece of paper and I had Olivia walk up to her that said, I'm going to be a big sister because the night before we were playing, I think it was trivial pursuit. <laughs> and I didn't realize that. Oh, I can't remember his name. He's a famous Charles Krauthammer. I think that's his name. Sorry guys. If you're like a political buff. Um, I did not realize that. Um, I said, why is he always so stiff in interviews? And my aunt goes, Tira, he's either, he was either a quadra or a paraplegic. And I just sobbed. I had no idea about it. I mean, I was so emotional over it. And she was like, you need to get her a pregnancy test. Like there's oh. something wrong with her. Wow. So that is my indication that I just start completely sobbing. Um, so <laughs> Maybe I should check this out. <laughs> I was like, so guys, fact check people before you comment on why they can't do something that is also a lesson I've learned mm. <laughs> in life um so we were suspicious needless to say um so third pregnancy and I was like all right we are doing this differently I'm not having an OB I am you know I'm gonna find a midwife that I like this is what we're gonna do um started asking around I had also befriended one of my wonderful friends who really works through a lot of Olivia's birth with me and explaining we, our babies are, our oldest are about four months apart. And she had had an unmedicated birth with midwives. And she was just like, Oh girl, that is not what it has to look like. Um, which, um, was wonderful to hear. Um, so in talking with her, we decided we went, um, and we interviewed, um, hospital based midwives, their CNMs, and we went to their event and there they do like a meet the midwife thing where they just talk about what they do and about it. Um, you know, midwifery care. And I was sold. I was like, okay, well they were opening a birth center and I looked at Tom and I was like, well, we'll just go to the hospital. Right. And he was like, no, let's go to that birth center. And he was like, that sounds awesome. Um, because now we had another child to, you know, factor into this. And, um, and the idea of home birth did cross my mind, but I was like, I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Um, so I was like, okay, birth center is like a happy medium because the hospital was awful. I mean, people are just in there all the time. They're like, please leave us alone. Um, you know, we're trying to like try to nurse this baby and somebody's knocking on the door. Um, he was like, we can go home in six hours. Heck yeah. So they opened it in June. We went to Greenville Midwifery Care and I was due 
in November, um, we also took um, our local hypno babies class. And I was like, okay, this seems like I need something to relax me. Um, so learned about that. And um, I will also say, you know, with hypno babies, and this is something that I say in the late J league, you know, take what you, you know, that advice is like a buffet, you know, take what you need and leave the rest. Um, because it doesn't, I mean, I kind of modified hypno babies to meet my needs, um, which was wonderful for us. And um, so we go on. Camille was probably my easiest pregnancy. I feel like that second baby, you don't forget that you're pregnant, but you know, you're chasing your toddler around. Um, and it was, yeah, it was great and wonderful. It was comfortable. Um, I had finally found chiropractic care, which I recommend for everyone after, after a long ride that pushed my sacrum out. Thanks, Camille. Um, but, um, and so I hit, I hit my guest date and Olivia was born at 40 weeks and four days. So, and I remember at like my 39 week appointment ish, um, one of the midwives was like, well, when was your oldest born? And I said, 40 weeks, four days. She goes, oh girl, this baby's going to cook a little longer. And I was just like, what? what do you mean how Um, dare you how dare you so I went to my 40 week appointment and um the midwife was like well the one that I did see she goes well if you're still pregnant at 41 weeks we're gonna have to do a non-stress test and I was just like okay so I walked out of the room the exam room and I was like the next time I come here I am having a baby and the other midwife goes well let's not even schedule the NST and I'm like well, we can schedule it, but I'm coming here to have a baby next time. I'm not coming here to do your test. Um, your stupid test. Your stupid test. <laughs> um, so, so it was a morning. Tom was home. Tom was working on schoolwork. He was still in grad school. And, um, and also the sweet part of this is my dear oldest child would never take a nap independently. So I would literally rock her to sleep and hold her for like three hours for every nap. Oh. Um, so literally to the day that I went into labor with her sister, I was rock out. And she also nursed all throughout my pregnancy is a huge part of that. Um, you know, some kids just like, okay, milk's gone. Stop. Nope. Olivia kept on trucking. Um, she was like, <laughs> she Oh was no. Persistent. <laughs> she was persistent. She was like, it will come back. I know it will. Um, so it was, I was 40 weeks and six days, 40 weeks and five. Um, and go to late Olivia or hold Olivia for a nap, not layer. There was no laying her down. Um, and, uh, yeah, I felt that first wave and I was like, Oh, sorry. I consulted the magic eight ball first that morning because I was pregnant and over it. Yes. Shook the magic eight ball. I was like, are we having a baby today? Turned it over and it said, most likely I was like, there it is it's gonna happen and Tom's just like okay it's like we have reached that point in pregnancy <laughs> um, oh felt that first wave and I was like oh, okay and I had a few more while holding her and then I went into I have to get out of this apartment like we got to go do something and in my mind I was like oh I have to go get my doula her gift we'd also decided to hire a doula and um which was a great insurance to our birth and um so we go I'm like so we go to Swamp Rabbit, pick out her gift. And then I was like, wait, I need new, a new toilet scrubber and um, oven mitts and goldfish. And then of course, walked around Target laboring. 
I wonder how many people around here do that. Um, oh, I'd say a lot. I, I dare I just, say Target is where you go when you need to have a baby. Yeah, you just got to walk the aisles. I mean, it's walk like going it to church for some people. <laughs> so we do that. And around that evening, active labor starts. And I'm kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I got this. And uh, put Olivia down to bed. Um, it was around, I guess I start oh, earlier in the day, Tom was like, you need to call our doula. Like, you need to let her know. Because she had just. She had two of us that were going past dates and getting pretty close. And um, he was like, well, you should probably let her know. Cause if she's been out of birth before, like she might want a heads up to like go take a nap. So we did. And with confidence, she was like, okay, I'll see you tonight. And I was kind of like, well, she really thinks this is happening. All right. Um, which they're so smart. Um, so um, this is all to say, God bless second babies and births because they are just like, I'm going to start and I'm, you know, and then I'm going to birth and I'm going to birth. Um, so altogether, I want to say like six hours of labor. Um, and my friend came over, she was going to be watching Olivia. Um, Tom was finally, I was still laboring at home and he was finally to the point, like we need to go. I mean, I think contractions were like under two minutes apart. And he was like, um, they, they say we're supposed to be on the way, like now. And I was just like, do you think it's time? I don't think it's time, you know, cause you're laboring. Um, time is, uh, time what is not passed. <laughs> yeah. What is time when you're laboring? And, um, and I do remember at one point, um, cause I was ne- nearing in- entering transition where I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this naturally. Um, so we get there, we all arrive. I call a midwife on call, who was one of my favorite ones. Shout out to Susan. Um, and I remember I made Tom call when we were on the way because it was like a 10 minute process to even get me in the car. I was just like, Mm-mm, can't do it. I'm not going to sit down. Um, and then on the way there, as I'm like sitting sideways, you know, probably dilating to about a nine at this point, I was like, this is why women have home births. And he goes, next time you can have a home birth. And I was like, there's no next time. We're done. Um, <laughs> Famous last words. Famous, famous yeah. last words. Famous last words. So we get there to the birth center and I am like the hostess mom in labor. I was just like, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Susan was like, go labor somewhere. Um, and uh, so there was another midwife there, Sharon. And she was like, okay, you know, I do, I do need to check you. Um, let's just see. And I just remember being like, oh gosh. And I, so she checks me and I didn't know if I wanted to hear excuse me, how dilated I was because I was around a seven when I got an epidural with Olivia and she just went ahead and said it. I didn't tell her not to. And she said, okay, um, fully complete bulging bag. And I, I mean, I just started pouring tears because I was like, am I doing this? Like, am I really doing this? And, um, they were filling the tub and I, then I decided to get into the tub and now mind you, I was having like this super chill hypno baby's birth where I was just like, now I did say I was tired of hearing, sorry, Carrie Chushaw, like I was tired of your voice by that point because my doula offered to put on a track and I was like, no, that's I enough. can't hear her anymore. Um, you I, sweet, and, sweet angel. Yeah, you sweet, <laughs> sweet angel. If you're listening, thank you, but I was over you. Um, so as I began to feel her descend, um, I just screamed out. I was like, this is not baseball. And, and the midwife was like, you need to calm down. Like, she just looked at me like, no nonsense. Calm down. Slow your breathing. You're going to do this. 
and I pushed that baby out and two pushes and God bless midwives. They are like, Tom said he kept looking at the midwife share and he was like, she's got a poker face, man. He goes, I did not know that baby was coming out. He said, next thing I know, she just bloop, catches the baby, sits you down, puts her in your arms. And it was so sweet because Tom was on the side of the tub and he jumps in and he just starts screaming, you did it, you did it. Oh, and mind you, I have a baby in my arms, but you know, you're still coming back to your body in labor. And I looked at him and I said, I did what? And he goes, look down. And I was just like, oh, I just had a baby. And literally like a minute later, I went, oh, I'll do this again. Because um, it was amazing. I was like, holy cow, is this what they've been talking about all this time? Right. Um, you get the hormones and it's like, oh, well, you know, this is pretty cool. Like that was, I mean, it was empowering and redemptive and just felt Oh, it was incredible. Um, which is, I think, why my middle child is the spitfire that she is, because she's like, I came into this world with power. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly restored a lot of that in me. And um, so we went home a few hours later. Um, my friend brought Olivia back to us. We have a sweet video of her meeting her sister at the time. We were also surprised with Camille's um, sex. And so we were surprised to have a baby girl, but so excited that Olivia had a sister. And, um, and then that honestly started our tandem nursing journey, um, which segued into, so Camille was born November, 2015. And then I think I tandem nursed for around 17 months. I was tandem nursing when I got pregnant with our third, which I found out the end of January of 2017. Um, and I do remember the first one of the, so then that time, so I, I thought it would be a hard sell to Tom for a home birth. Um, but when I brought it up, he was like, Oh heck yeah. He's like, I'm not putting you in a car ever again. You're in labor. We, I still oh. get flashbacks. Yeah. Well, cause Camille was born like 30 minutes after we got to the birth center. He was like, we almost had a baby on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, Nope, I'm not leaving the house. Um, so God bless my husband for being on board. Um, cause I was like, Oh, that was easier than I thought. <laughs> um, so then that went the journey of, um, seeking a home birth midwife and, um, and shout out to Elizabeth. We miss you. Um, Love you love you. Um, I do remember interviewing her. We'd interviewed another midwife and I was like, okay. But when I interviewed Elizabeth, I literally almost blurted out, okay, you're hired. Um, and then I thought I should probably ask Tom if he likes her. But we literally got into the car and I was like, she's the one. Oh, well, it, it, isn't it so neat how, you know, everyone has a midwife. Like there is just a connection and like deep comfort. That's so cool that you experience that. Yeah, I did. And the funny thing was after the first midwife we interviewed, this couple was coming right after us. Well, then when we interviewed Elizabeth, it was the same couple. And I was no just way. like, I was like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm. she's mine. You can't have her back <laughs> off. Back off. I mean, I was probably calling her while she was in the interview with them, like leaving a voicemail, like, um, I'd like to hire you. Can you please call me back as soon as possible? Um, which I later learned that apparently I was very persistent in making her take me. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, she said afterwards, she was like, yeah, I wasn't taking anyone, but, uh, you, I'm, I'm glad I took you. Yeah, <laughs> like, it worked you? out great. <laughs> it did. Um, so 
but I do remember one of our first appointments with her where she was, when she noticed I was tandem nursing, she was like, I'm sorry, how did, how did you get pregnant? I was like, I, I don't know. I just, I kind of thought, I thought maybe. So guys, do not look at even tandem breastfeeding as your um, birth control either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I do remember she very kindly suggested that she's like, well, you might want to think about, because in my mind, I was like, okay, I'll wean Olivia. Olivia was three at the time. And I'll just tandem nurse Camille and new baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I went on, Olivia weaned in April. And then I hit about June or July when I was just like, I mean, Camille was not as uh, nice about there being no milk there. Um, it was better for us that I wean her. And I remember telling Elizabeth, I was just like, okay, so I weaned Camille and she went, whew, good call. Um, (laughs) She was like, okay, I think that was a good idea. Um, Because I think she could see where it was becoming to be stressful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was her, you know, as my care provider, very gently and even in a close friend also um, was like, it's okay to wean her. Um, Because I'm like, but I'm weaning her before she's two years old. Um, because they were going to be 23 months apart. And in my mind, it was like, I have this goal. I have to meet this goal. Like I have to do it no matter what. Right. And it was really checking my like superwoman complex where mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, turns out it turns out it can, you modify your expectations of yourself. Right. Um, so that was huge for me. And um, we really, after having had a solid childbirth class the second time, and felt very confident in my ability to birth. I did a little bit of refresher for hypno babies and just kind of, now mind you, I already had two children by this point. So time was sparse, um, for, you know, sitting down. To put and it lightly. Yeah, to put it lightly. Um, I was busy. Um, I went through another pregnancy in the summertime, which, woo. Um, but yeah, so she was going to be due. Huh, she was supposed to be born in September. Um, <laughs> and yeah yeah, about that little little bell um and we we opted to find out this um our gender this time and um Tom was like I want to be surprised again and I'm like no I gotta know I'm sorry this is our third baby I gotta know so we so we found out we're having another girl and uh which bless him he is a girl dad through and through Mm -hmm. um he really and truly is. And shout out to girl dads because they That's are much right. needed. Yes. yes. Are. Tom, you're Thomas included. Mm-hmm. Um, such a good girl dad. Such good girl dads. And um, so he still hopes that we have a boy at, at some point. Yeah. Tom's dreams have, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> Tom's like, it's all right. <laughs> like, it's all right. It's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we went through and I will say the care was even going from having midwives with CNMs for my second um, the care of a home birth midwife is so different. I mean, you're really and truly building a relationship. These people are going to come into your home and be with you. Um, I mean, I remember at one point Tom was like, I feel like you guys just chit chat all the time. And I was like, yeah, I mean, we have to build a rapport with each other. I mean, it was like seeing your friends once a month, every two weeks, every week. Um, I mean, appointments lasted like an hour. I mean, Olivia would be like, I want to go to Miss Elizabeth's and play. Um, you know, it's not, it's, it's family friendly. You know, it's not in an exam room where, 
I mean, she dropped a Cheerio one time with Camille and ate it off the floor. And I was like, you're going to get Ebola. There's no time. <laughs> Not really. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I had you guys, you know, she had her apprentices and it was, I mean, it was just really building that trust with each other of, okay, you're, you're, you're like, you're going to take care of me now. Um, especially, you know, you think of my transition from hospital birth center to home birth. Um, I mean, I was totally sold on the idea, especially not getting in the car. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I I loved it. You know, I left feeling, I left an appointment feeling so good and just happy and joyful. And um, that sisterhood bond that I think that I believe that you create with each other of, you know, everybody's going to come in your house and take care of you. Um, So we, let's see my due date was came and went by. <laughs> it was so far in the rear view. We it couldn't was, see it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So what, like you guys came, I think I was like 41 and four, maybe you guys came for an appointment. Thank you for coming to my house all those times. Uh, <laughs> and we were trying to like trick the baby to come out that if we didn't make an appointment, like she would come and then she caught on and she was like, no, I need appointments. Um, <laughs> And it's always so wonderful when you can be friends with the people who've given you a pelvic exam later in life. Um, <laughs> and we, you know, we started talking about, I, so I was having quite a bit of what I would now categorize prodromal labor, stop and start. I don't believe there's any kind of false labor. Um, all labor is work. And uh, sometimes it can feel very exhausting. Um, so, but one of the sweetest things that Elizabeth said to me um, in a night where I was like, it stopped. Um, and just feeling so defeated. Um, she texted me back and said, it's okay. This doesn't end until we see your sweet baby's face. And, and I just wept because I didn't feel any pressure that I had to perform. You know, she just understood, you know, she wasn't, to my knowledge, wasn't getting frustrated with me telling her. Um, but she wasn't, I mean, she was, she was what I needed as like a cool as a cucumber person. Um, to walk through that with me. Um, so you guys came on like a Tuesday we were like, well, with all this stop and start, like you must be dilated like a four ish. And I remember Caitlin, you gave me a pelvic exam and you were like, um, like a two, like a stretchy two, a stretchy two. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I love to add the adjectives. <laughs> yeah. It's so stretchy. Two. No, you're so stretchy. You're so stretchy. Um, then you're like, Oh, look, blood, blood. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. Um, Cause the Monday before I started losing my mucus plug, I do remember that. Cause I don't, I never, I didn't ever really remember losing it with my other births. Um, so I was like, I'm going to see this dang mucus plug people talk about. Um, and so I did. And I was so excited. I think everybody was like, yay, progress. <laughs> um, so Tuesday came and went that night though. I, um, I felt that first, I think it was like nine o'clock. I was walking from my bedroom to the kitchen and I felt that first, like, big squeeze contraction and I was like oh we're gonna have a baby tonight wow Um, yeah so I'm like all right tell the birth team people gotta come over we're doing this you know that like excitable part of it like we're having a baby um labor for a couple hours some good laboring um doula came my friends that were coming over came I had texted Elizabeth and I was and she was like okay just let me know when you want me to get there um I was like, all right, I'm going to go lay down, um, snuggle my husband, my baby, my other babies are sleeping. And, uh, and then I just totally fell asleep. 
my doula woke me up maybe around like three and was like like three in the morning and was like uh, I don't know like I you know you really slowed down you know I think I'm gonna head maybe I'll just head home um so I'm just kind of like okay um and my friends decided to stay so we woke up about six o'clock that morning and um God bless my sweet Sandy. Cause she was like, all right, we're going on a walk. Let's go. Um, however, Tom got up and he's going to love that. I share this. He was like, mind you, he's a teacher. So days like he just doesn't call into work and not show up. Um, so he's sitting down and he's like, do I like need to get a substitute? Like what's going on today? And I just shot lasers out of my eyes where I was like, yes, you need a, like Sandy was like, Tom needs to get a substitute and yeah, cause we're going to have a baby at some point. And I'm just kind of like, I mean, my head was gone. You know, the veil was thin. I was like, other people have to make decisions at this point. Like I am not capable of doing that. And, um, so Tom got a sub. Um, and what we realized in this, you know, having two older children, it's so hard to slow down and get into the headspace to labor and birth for some people. Um, and that's really and truly what I needed. I needed a slow day, not taking care of other babies. Um, and I did decide my doula recommended. She was like, well, can you go? Oh, Dreckman. I, I wonder how many laboring women have walked through that office to include you. Daka Daka. Daka Daka. Shout out, man. Thank you. That's our chiropractor. <laughs> yes, that's the chiropractor, everybody. Um, so I call and, um, cause I mean, I have been there like, I'd just been there Tuesday beforehand. Cause I think Sarah was like, he needs to release that round ligament. Like that's too tight. Um, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so tired of driving over here. So I walk in, I call and I was like, listen, I, I things were moving last night and then they stopped. And, um, he's like, okay, well come to find out when I was walking out, he was like, that baby's coming and that baby's going to come fast. So all of you can be upset the Daka Daka did not text anybody and warn them. He was like, I wasn't going to tell you that in case it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, okay, smart. Um, so Tom and I went and grabbed lunch. And I mean, I'm still laboring all throughout this. And I mean, I would have a wave every 10 minutes or every 30 minutes or every hour. Um, the good thing is everybody just gave me my space during that time. And I didn't have anyone like, calling and asking me things. I mean, I think you guys did an excellent job of just being like, we're going to leave her alone. Um, nobody was trying to manage me really. Um, so then a friend had had the girls for a few hours and we came back and we we're approaching evening time. And, um, so we were putting them to bed or we decided to finally set up like the birth pool and everything. I was like, all right, let's do all the things to tell baby that she can come, that she is welcome to come. Um, so we did, we set up the birth pool and everything. And I had my beautiful affirmations hanging and I was like, okay, look at this beautiful space I've created. You are welcome to come now, baby. Um, so that night we we're putting the big girls to bed. And I mean, I specifically said to my body, I was like, all right, listen, we either do the damn thing or we stop. Cause I'm tired. Like we either, get this show on the road or I get to sleep tonight and we'll do it tomorrow. Um, well, my body opted to go, all right, well, let's do it. Um, so I woke up around 10 o'clock. I mean, to a contraction of like transition 
holy cow, that was a big one. And I'm like, oh, I need to tell these people to get over here. Um, let my doula know she was on her way, told my other two friends that were going to be there um, to get over there, to get here. So Tom had fallen asleep <laughs> with the big girls. So dads often yeah, do. <laughs> they often do. Well, and I was like, hey, one of us should be getting some sleep. So I labored alone for a solid hour. I was just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to do this, which I am a, I am in the bathroom, you know, three births. I stay in the bathroom. I'm the cat in the dark room. Like I just, I don't need much other presence. I need to know that my people are there, but I don't need them to do much for me. Um, and so like 11, 15, I was like, Hey, we're going to have a baby. Like, um, it, this is like full on labor. And he was like, why didn't you wake me? And I just, I was like, well, one of us should be sleeping. I mean, like, who knows what this is going to look like? Um, so I let Elizabeth know. And uh, she's like, all right, I'm on my way. And as it started, like, transition was closer and closer. I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope, I hope they make it. Um, so I was laboring on the toilet. And, um, I mean, I just, again, time stands still. I had no idea how far I was. Um, and my doula got there. Um, our friends were taking care of the girls um, so that then Tom could be with me. I'm sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> Tom did walk up to me at one point. He was like, so do you want like two thirds hot, one third cold for the tub? And I just kind of looked over like, I mean, he truly was asking what I wanted, but I was like, you got to ask somebody else that question. Like <laughs> I cannot, I just can't, I can't answer this. Um, so I think everybody else thought I wasn't as far. I mean, heck I didn't know. Um, so I, again, I'm still laboring on the toilet and, um, Elizabeth had gotten there and just had the sweetest, most serene look on her face and was just like, Hey, you know, we're all here. Um, I'm like, okay. Whew. <laughs> um, and she came to check heart tones and, um, the caveat to me is I'm very quiet. Like I just go very much inward, um, which I mean, if you got a roar, roar, I just go very quiet. Um, that's how it works for me. And, um, so I just kind of laugh and giggle through it and, you know, just honestly make small talk. That's what keeps me. Cause I remember saying that in home birth kits, a, um, cushion toilet seat should be an option as you're sitting there. Like, I really think the supply places should have that because <laughs> your bottom gets sore. You hear um, that in his hands? <laughs> yeah, hear that. Um, so she came in to the bathroom and was like, okay. She's like, all right, let's, you know, check heart tones really quick. Didn't quite get a good listen. She was like, all right, I'll come back in a few minutes. Again, none of this felt rushed for me. Like everybody was respecting my space. Um, it wasn't invasive at all. Um, she didn't even, you know, didn't even come up and was like, all right, I want to do a cervical check. Um, you know, I was always asked, like, can, can I listen? Can I do this? Um, which is huge. And um, so she came back into the bathroom. So my doula and Tom are sitting on the edge of our shower bathtub. Elizabeth comes back in and she's, um, she says, okay, you know, the water feels good if you want to go ahead and get into the tub. Um, now, mind you, nobody's checked me. Nobody knows how to gauge how far into this. Um, and I had told my doula, I said, I can, my water hadn't broken. My water normally doesn't break until right before I'm pushing, um, which is common, everybody. Um, and 
I remember saying, I was like, I can feel my bag of water bulging. And she was kind of like, okay. Um, so I said, okay, I'll get through this next contraction. Okay. Mind you, you included, there's three other apprentices who are supposed to <clears throat> be here. Um, hey, I drove fast. <laughs> <laughs> you so, live far from me. <laughs> I know. Um, so I'm just, but I was like, but I, I felt everybody's presence. So I was like, okay, like it's all coming together. We're going to have this baby. So I said, you know, she's told me now would be a good time to get into the tub. And, um, I'm going to set up like this beautiful birthing space. It's going to be Instagram worthy. Um, <laughs> My doula was going to take pictures. She had set her camera down on my dresser in my bedroom and come back in. So I was like, all right, let's let, let this next contraction pass. And um, so it does. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, so I looked at Tom and my doula and they're like, okay, well, let's help you stand up. And as I'm standing, I just, I feel like, whoom, like baby. And I just barely made, a, apparently I made a groan, which Elizabeth heard and later said that's like the crowning noise. Um, I just like barely make out she's coming. Um, and bless my third child, just fetal ejection reflex birthed herself. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth, come, care of it. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I got this, mom. Like, I'll save you. Um, the pushing phase. Um, Elizabeth comes running into the bathroom. Now it's, it's a dark bathroom. Like nobody could see, like there were no lights on. Um, she comes running and I hear her go, we need to get her down to all fours because they're thinking a baby hasn't been born. Mm -hmm. Um, and the lights flipped on everybody. Tom has now jumped into our bathtub. Um, and this is a small space. This is a small space guys. There were like five or six people like full size adults in there. However, Elizabeth is like teeny tiny and God bless her that she could fit in between the spaces. Um, so what I imagine is that she was looking for a baby crowning and had to follow an umbilical cord <laughs> <laughs> to my baby, which don't try this at home, you guys. <laughs> my sweet, beautiful baby girl um, had caught herself on the toilet. Um, and, but you know what? Again, cool as a cucumber. I have no idea what just happened. I am on my hands and knees and I'm like, what just happened to me? What you assumed the position. I assumed the position. I'm like, and now consciously I know a baby has been born, but I could not even mouth it. Um, like I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth so sweetly just passed the string, between my legs and goes, here's your baby. Um, <laughs> I have, no yeah, I, was like, I have no idea where my baby was. And I'm going, it's our baby, it's our baby. And I'm just holding this baby like, what the hell just happened, you guys? And my poor doula is like shaken. I mean, she's just looking at me like, what in the world? Um, and I look over at it and I was like, could you get my phone and take a picture? I mean, obviously you need a picture of this scene. <laughs> just really? Bewilderment on everybody's faces. I mean, literally my face is like, okay. Um, and I looked down, I also had a white bath mat at the time, rest in peace, white bath mat. Um, I was <laughs> like, Ooh, that's not coming out. Um, so, but yeah, so it was wild <laughs> and everybody just walks in. Like I remember Sarah looking in, you coming and looking in and everybody was like, what, what just happened here? Um, 
and how Elizabeth described it later, I mean, we got my placenta birth pretty quickly after that. I do remember telling her, I was like, oh, that's coming. Like, you need to get a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just help me. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, Lily Bell ended up having a true knot in her cord, which I think was part of her, like, quick, like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so they, you guys got me into bed and checked on everything. and did really, really delay cord clamping. We kind of forgot about it for a little while. Um, I did decide to cut the cord, which is exciting. You know, after Sultana was like, you got two umbilical cords. Like I need one. Um, and I underestimate like how tough they are. <laughs> Actually, I was just like, um, so she was born. Okay. So mind you, everybody got to my house around like 1130 ish. No, like 1145. She was there like 15 minutes. Not even everything was like set up. And, uh, Molly Bell was born at 12.02 in the morning. Um, it was just like, phew, what just happened? Um, and I do, and poor Tom, he spent so much time filling up that tub. And we just looked over and I was like, sorry. Um, sorry, we had a different kind of water birth. Yeah, we, we hopped for a different one. Um, which was very confusing to people in the picture that I posted. So a friend was like, I had a water birth too. And I'm like, no, my husband's in the tub. I'm not. <laughs> I'm on the bathroom floor um and there was a part of me that was like why oh, I set up this really cool space but honestly it was so cool to experience that Dr. Mm-hmm. Stafford joked later on he was like oh you didn't even push and I was like my body pushed no, <laughs> I still did it. it I still did it um yeah and it was amazing to just crawl in to your own bed afterwards um and I mean, everybody was there. Everybody was just happy and excited. And we popped a bottle of champagne. I didn't get to have any. I was bleeding pretty heavy. Um, but it was just wonderful. Like everybody was just there and celebrating and happy. Um, you know, it didn't become medicalized or emergent. Um, even though I'm sure that maybe for Elizabeth was kind of like, whoa. Because I think she said afterwards, she was like, I've missed some births. And I've almost missed some births. I've not missed a birth right in front of me before. Right. <laughs> so, it's very confusing. Yeah. It's very confusing. Um, but yeah, I mean, my babies, my older girls came in, I guess, like 30 minutes later and snuggled up. And we have beautiful photos of our first moments as a family of five together. And um, yeah, I mean, it was awesome to watch. I mean, you did her newborn um exam and everything and they just laid her on my bed and weighed her and um yeah it was I mean Tom distinctly said later on actually it was precious uh I can't remember what we had to do for me though and he'd like already like taken off the shirt he's like I'm ready for skin to skin I mean it was so <laughs> sweet he was just like all right it's my turn um and we have a beautiful photo of him holding her um and uh and her name is Lily Bell um and she's my goodness she's she cracks me up she it's so funny they're all born the way that they need to be born and I Mm -hmm. believe it determines their personality um because she's just like she's I mean she's quick like the child can run away in a second and um and just mysterious because I mean she was born basically in call my water hadn't broken and um I think it's kind of cool when you get to birth yourself and literally nobody saw it um it's pretty mysterious in a way um so yeah it was I mean Tom said afterwards he was like gosh why didn't we do this the first time and I was like I don't know man 
So to anybody listening, I mean, think about it the first time around, you know, even if it is by your third, you make that choice, but it was definitely something that we wish we had started from the beginning because it, I mean, they're just like little fairies that come in and clean everything up. And then it's everybody leaves and you're like, Oh, just had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sierra, what a beautiful journey. I mean, you know, you really, you said it well at the beginning where you've, you've experienced so much when it comes to birth, when it comes to motherhood and you just have provided so much information for the listeners. I, it was such a joy to have you on the podcast, especially, like I said, it's sweet knowing that I got to be sort of there <laughs> for one of your births and I know. Uh, for you to be able to share that. I am so grateful. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Caitlin. I really appreciate your part in her birth and my pregnancy and postpartum and still as a valued friend. So thank you. I got to give it to my midwife, Elizabeth, with favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes ever, probably. I've missed some births and I've almost missed some births. Never have I missed a birth happening right in front of me. Well, everyone, that tells you that there is a first for everything, and that birth was definitely a first for all of us in attendance. Now, as we head to the episode roundup, I have a few thoughts that I wanted to share with you. Now, the first one is related to Sierra's first birth with her baby, Casey, who did not make it. And what a tragic time that had to have been. All of the mothers that are listening that have experienced that kind of loss, I know that you relate. And what was so touching to me was the humanity found in that sweet OB at the hospital who just wrapped Sierra in her arms and gave her such a big hug. I know that, gosh, loss is so hard to process and being on the outside of loss is also uncomfortable. You know, figuring out how to provide support to someone who is grieving It can be really hard to want to help, but to not quite know how and to feel uncomfortable with, okay, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Is this what they want? Is this too much? Is this too little? I actually do have a resource that I'm going to put in the show notes related to that. My friend, Christina, who has experienced two losses in the last well, I guess the first one was about a year ago and the other one very recently, but she actually created a blog post that was about just that subject, about how to come alongside someone who has experienced loss. And it was very eye-opening for me because I find myself being in that place of really not knowing how to provide support adequately. So I'm going to link that. If you want to go to the show notes, just go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash episode 68. So all of the show notes, I realize I never say this, but the show notes are just the episode number. So episode 68, and you will find that. And the second thing that I wanted to talk about was just the whole second baby thing. Like, oh my gosh, isn't it crazy how your first birth and your second birth can be just dramatically different. And that was certainly the case for myself. It's really fun to hear that that's how it was for Sierra as well. And then on to her third baby where, 
Unfortunately, she had to experience prodromal labor, but then once Lily Bell decided that she was coming, dang it, she was coming, and nobody was going to be in that room when she was coming. She was going to be as mysterious as possible. So isn't it just wonderful, the, the variation of birth and how our children come into this world? And oftentimes, I do agree with Sierra that they come in perfectly for their personalities. I know that that's the case for my two so far. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast episode. Such a sweet time. I am so grateful for all of you listeners, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Hey, are you finding these stories and interviews helpful? Support the show by heading to myhappyhomebirth.com and purchasing a t-shirt, candles, or even just clicking share on your social media page. 